You're listening to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker, emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we are here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. After speaking with Okin Osan last week about her experiences as an independent full-time artist, we're talking with Princey, who has gone from the full-time side to working her music in a new way to keep up with an evolving music industry. Get Gig Ready is sponsored by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macquarie University. Our featured track this week, which you are hearing right now, is by Alex Roussos. Hi, I'm Alex Roussos. I'm a musician, singer, songwriter, and this is a song called Next to You. Stick around until the end of today's show to hear that full song. As I mentioned, this week we are talking with experimental pop artist Princey about some of the fascinating choices that she's made in her career. Now, like many of us musicians, Princey has come through learning the fundamentals of music on piano as so many of our parents inscribe upon us. But Princey, you've had a bit of an interesting start in terms of your lyric writing coming through the poetry scene. Could you tell us a bit about that? It's interesting because I've always written poetry and that was separate to to piano. So when I started this kind of musical career, everything came from words and writing and feelings. And then kind of all that, I was very like, I was very capable of talking about music because I studied it and stuff. So I found that kind of easy collaborating with people and I knew what I wanted to hear and could express, you know, what it meant in bars and keys and things like that um, and chords. And so, but with producing, um, piano has definitely led me to that, especially as I come more and more kind of returning back to classical composition and then mixing that with pop. So it's they're like different sides of myself that are kind of starting to come together, which is a really good feeling. It's been a journey, but you know, everything counts. I think that you do, even if it's like reading a book that you like and it expresses how you feel or like learning a chord, I kind of think your whole life experience adds up yeah. to what you put out. And then you mentioned in there that you had a formal education in music. Did you find that that was what led you to solidifying yourself in a career as a musician or was that always a goal? No, that, that definitely didn't. So again, like my the music I make today did come from writing poetry, which was something else I did. So I don't know about you, but kind of music was all always this thing that was like always do your other stuff and then have music on the side. Mm. Poetry is kind of what got me into music. I was performing poetry as like a teenager at all these like pubs and stuff. I realize now that it's not only given me discipline and like the idea of knowing what it's like to see a project through, but also performance. Performance anxiety never really has bothered me. So I think kind of that formal training has helped, but I never thought of piano as my entry point into music. I kind of think the music I make, um, everyone can make. When it came to actually making the leap to turn, you know, what had been a hobby, what had been this other life to you into a career, what were some of the major hurdles that you found in turning it from just a hobby into something you could live off? Well, it did get to a point where I was like, oh, this side thing is starting to become more of a real thing. Except I do think I've always had that mentality where I have my life and then there's music. And so I do work full time and stuff like that. For a while, I didn't. But I do kind of think that 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 gives me a nice balance. However, there were some points where I suppose just realizing that you can play every weekend when things were open or 
that you are doing it a lot and there seems to be some sort of interest happening from it kind of made me realize I could do it. And then you mentioned also that you do a lot of production work. Is that largely for yourself or have you gotten into producing for other artists and kind of helping them find their own sound as well? Um, no, that's definitely for myself. I I have been experimenting with producing for myself for a while because all my early stuff was um, collaborations with amazing people. However, just to kind of express myself on a more like nuanced level, I knew I, I felt I had a lot to say through production. It's not like I'm a singer and I'm only expressing myself through the way I like turn my vocal cords around and hit notes. I kind of like to manipulate stuff. So production's kind of a good extension of that. Yeah. And obviously coming from that very experimental background, you get into the world of sounds that are just so different from, you know, your standard array of just musical instruments. Suddenly the sound of a lawnmower off in the distance can become, you know, your synthesizer. And that's a really exciting world. Yeah, exactly. And I love experimenting with stuff and seeing how it goes. And when you do collaborate with people, you are as equally invited into their world. Like I always enjoy um, meeting producers halfway because I always want them to have their stamp on it if we're collaborating. But producing for myself, I'm allowed to kind of just explore more and maybe just, you know, switch things up a little bit. Yeah. So obviously having that experimental moniker in terms of how you define yourself, do you treat the music that you make differently in terms of other pop or is it just more a way of kind of describing to your audience where your sound comes from? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think because when I listen to it or when anyone listens to it, it doesn't really fit into any one thing. It's not, it's actually my idea of pop music, but it just turns out that that is very different to to what regular pop music is. So like to me, I'm like, I'm making pop music, but I know it comes from as well, like club music. And I think that's all experimental and kind of underground. And that's kind of the scene that birthed me, so to speak. Obviously coming from this experimental background, which you say is what pop music is to you. Did you find that there was any barrier into turning that into a business, into something that you could make money off? Did you have to approach it differently? Do you think how other artists would have to? Um, well, the thing is, I, I've always just done what I do. And so being an independent artist, you kind of have the freedom to be able to just make those choices on the fly. The harder part is, is that you do see this world of industry and very strategic steps people take. And literally I've had to learn everything just by observing or asking people around the community. So I've definitely t at times tried to be um, maybe more packageable for that machine. But like now I've really come out on the other side of that. And I just realized like all those things um, I kind of wanted at one point, I really don't anymore. Like what means stuff to me is kind of making music that is connective in some way that to me is successful now. So yeah. it's hard to navigate your parameters of success. And that's what will help influence your decisions in terms of like entering some sort of industry or packaging, you know, yourself or something. Do you think that having that experience is what led you to that point? And then thus it was worth still going through trying to package yourself for, you know, conventional radio style success or do you think that perhaps it would have been better if you'd just come to accept that making that connection was more important than the success in the first place? 
I think that you have to learn. I'm glad I learned, you know, then. And I think it's very normal. Like, you know, it's like you walk into something and someone's like, oh, like you should enter that room because that's like the room. So you're like, oh, like, oh, cool. I'll just go for it. And then you start to question like, why doesn't this feel good? That's like a lesson I've learned. And I think by doing that, you kind of build up not only resilience, but an idea of yourself. So I do think that I'm perfectly capable of walking through those doors. It just meant that I had to take my time to really define and develop and refine what I'm going to bring to it rather than almost like expecting it to happen. Now, obviously you said in there that a lot of people in the industry, be it radio, be it music production, kind of have this view of success as getting on the radio, getting the streaming numbers, and you prefer this more connective experience. But how much more difficult would you say it is to make a career if at all, of your approach? I think it's it's a really difficult question. And I mean, I can't really answer it because part of um, that decision is also my decision to um, still keep up with full-time work in order to make the music I really want to make. When I was making my only income from music, I was definitely finding myself a lot more exhausted, a lot more running around, a lot more stressed, like literally to the point of like sleepless nights a lot of the time. I was thinking of all the things I had to do and had to um, give to people or something. By supporting myself through other means financially, creating the stuff that I really want to make at the, you know, at the pace and the level that I think, you know, that is just like right for me. And I do think that eventually you can get to a point where that's what's feeding you. I kind of like the, uh, the assessment you've made there of actually trying to go full-time with music was tougher on you. You know, a lot of people think that trying to juggle the music and the full-time work or the hobby and any other full-time work is going to be the more difficult choice, but because you've made the decision to support your art and support your music through having other full-time work, you know, it affords you that flexibility to where, you know, if you haven't managed to make a song in however many months, it's still there as your creative outlet rather than you being about to kicked out because you haven't paid rent or anything like that. It's a, it's a smart choice that I think some people don't necessarily consider when they think of music as a career. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to open up different streams of income, especially if you're in this kind of like earlier stage where, you know, it's not fully solidified, like your machine isn't so slick. I mean, it's it's quite risky and respectable to um, go for it. But I mean, I, I did and it, exor- it like, it, it, you know, it kind of burnt me out. Now, you mentioned in their income streams, do you find that, you know, obviously you come from kind of a music first perspective where it's all about making the art and the music and the connection that you want to make. But do you think about the other aspects of the creative package when you're making the music? Do you think about how I'm going to perform this live when you're writing a song? Do you think about what's going to be on the cover of this CD when you're, you know, writing the tracks? Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially maybe when I finish a demo, I really picture everything and I feel if I can picture it all the way through to like art and video performance and kind of tearing it apart for a performance, that's when I know it's something to keep going with. And then obviously you were saying that you kind of built up through having the music and uh, and the poetry and tied them together and eventually got into the world of making music videos how do you get into that as a musician? But how do you expand the scope of your music into that video world? 
you know what? Like you just have to go for it. I didn't know how to video edit and I kind of just taught myself. I did grow up on rage and I think that really helped. And as well, when it's your own song, you kind of get this idea of how it should be cut. And I find editing um, videos and directing them actually a really fun aspect for me and like a big part of finishing the song. You get better and better. I mean, video editing is if you can make music on a computer, like you can edit a video. <laughs> it's not it's not that. I mean, even the interfaces these days are so very similar, if not just the same with a lot of platforms. I think that there's a, a very logical crossover in terms of how you actually do the work on both sides of the table. When it comes to uh, making all of these other packages, how do you go about distributing them these days? Because obviously, you know, you have YouTube, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, all of these platforms, but sometimes it can feel like you're so surrounded with just a volume of content that it can maybe be a bit intimidating. Is, is it just a matter of getting out there and just uploading it no matter what happens? Or is there a bit more strategy to how you go about publishing your work? I've been on both sides of the coin. Like, uh, you know, when I first started, it was literally just, oh, today I feel like releasing that. I had no real idea of what goes behind the release. The next release I'm doing is with a label and I'm realizing that there is a lot of strategy and kind of that that can buy you good time. I also just don't think there are any rules anymore um, depending on what you want. Yeah. And um, for myself, like more and more, I'm just learning to undo the rules that I thought I had to play by. And I think that I used to feel a kind of pressure to do things a certain way. But, you know, if your goal is to put a song out, you can put a song out. You know, there are ways to be more strategic about it. How much do you think that's changed over the course of you being a musician? Did the world change along with your perspective changing uh, towards more of this independent on the side art? It's pretty hard to say, but I think what's cool is that audiences are listening and people just like what they like these days. And it's not about um, needing to be on a big budget to, to make anything, really. The fact that people will like what they like is just always hopeful for me. Yeah. And obviously, with people being able to find the content so much more easily, I think it you know, opens the gates, particularly for solo artists like yourself, to come in with the much more self-driven approach. Do you think that being a solo artist is more achievable now in this modern space or is it just the same level of adaptation as you would have had to have previously? No, I think it's definitely, I mean, it's amazing. And um, I know more like established musicians, um, you know, that tour worldwide. And sometimes they're like, oh yeah, everyone can make music now. Or like, you know, anyone just makes music now. And I'm always like, oh, but like, that's me. Like, I'm not like the established musician making music. It's like, I'm just like the anybody who has like decided they have a feeling they want to share and like, I'm just learning the ways to do that. Talking about established musicians and having these illustrious tours and large venues around the world. How can musicians on a local level break into live shows? A, A lot of musicians come from a background of attending and going to local shows and there's open mic nights, but what do you think is the best way that a musician can try and find their gateway into that live uh, live music world? I would say find people who you think have like a similar sound to you. Mm. And it could be like if there's someone you look up to and they have a similar sound, like 
you know, you could definitely attend one of their shows and then say like, Hey, I make music. Like I would love to support you one day, you know, if you're opening or try and connect people who feel like-minded to you. They'll, they'll be listening. And as well, Sydney, if we're talking about Sydney and local or even Australia, I think it's a lot smaller than people think. And that's also part of its beauty. I really feel people are here to support each other. You can pretty soon like just be talking to them. Yeah. If, if you're supporting them, you know, like support the people you want to support you. Yeah. And I think obviously when you go to local shows, you kind of very much get that vibe where you can just sit down and talk with the artist before, after, or sometimes during their set. Yeah. It's this great vibe that, you know, sometimes going to the larger shows you lose perspective on because there's, you know, there's that separation, there's the security, there's the barrier wall yeah. that musicians are there to create and share ideas with other people. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's very much, um, yeah, exactly what you said. It's like, you know, if you're just at the show before, like pay, pay, pay your respect to the thing that you kind of want respect from almost. It's a basic karmic law. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a bit about your actual music and a lot of your writing goes in really hard on that hustle, that grind, getting in on, you know, that balance that seems to have been so very definitive to the way you write music as well as what you write in your music. Do you think that actually listening to other artists in terms of what they write can teach sensible lessons about how the music business works? For sure. I mean, I feel like I've been pretty open about that in my other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, music does take up a lot of my my mind and my time. So when, um, even though I work, like, you know, my head is in music as well. So, like, those lyrics reflect what's going on. I mean, one thing that I think has been particularly good recently in terms of the availability of stuff online is it means that you can actually connect with the local scene of elsewhere in the world for more or less the first time ever. So, you know, you were saying that you want to try and find artists that you can connect with who have a similar vibe to you. And suddenly that barrier for entry on, you know, the Seattle experimental pop scene is suddenly open to you because you can just drop a message to the local artists you love as well. Yeah, totally. And like that's how a lot of things have happened for me, actually. Yeah, particularly in Asia. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience? You know, how was it kind of breaking into another country as a local artist? Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, I always felt, I think Sydney has embraced me like a lot, like especially this kind of underground scene mm. and Melbourne and maybe Brisbane as well. And that's been so cool. But I also felt in terms of like a wider level, way before kind of industry or like more legitimizing structures here, like nodded or accepted me. Like I really found Asia connected with me and I kind of just yeah that. Yeah. It felt really amazing. I mean, I like as part of like, as I'm like, you know, part, part Korean, it did feel a lot. And my name used to be Kimchi Princey because I wanted like Asian visibility in music. Yeah. So that was kind of my intention. And so when it started to happen, it felt really great. Going on about how you aspire to have people connect with your music and having that earlier moniker about, you know, Asian representation in music and getting that. Do you feel like, you know, even as small a scale as you are, that you can have an impact? Because I feel like a lot of the, you know, up and coming musicians uh, that I speak with, you know, sometimes they're a little concerned that, you know, I'm just a small local artist. I, I can't quite have the same impact as the artists I respect. What would you say to those people who 
don't have the confidence, I guess, to put themselves out in front of the pack and say like, hey, this is what we stand for? Um, yeah, it's a really good question. You know, I think it's kind of like coming down to what are you doing it for? If you can ask yourself that and you can like stand by that, maybe that's enough. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, I don't really feel like it's about 50,000 people loving you versus five. It's kind of about, did you say what you wanted to say clearly? And, you know, some people will catch on and like others won't, but then they'll catch up later is what I'll say. (laughs) Like those who sleep now will just awake later. And then in terms of the practical side of actually getting your music out there, how do you like to go about distributing things? Obviously, you've said uh, earlier on the show today that you're working with a label for your next single. Some people, I guess, have this image of that once you're with a label, that's it. You're tied there. How do you go about, you know, juggling between, you know, what to put out entirely independently, what to put out with a label and what's the approach? I've never put something out with a label before. So this is a first for me. And the reason I went I wasn't even going to approach the label, but the thing is, I know this, like, I've known this label for like a long time and they're kind of part of like the, uh, like kind of an Asian club scene across where I've been. So they're kind of in touch and I really like the releases they put out. And I just kind of actually messaged them out of the blue. Like I really thought I would put most releases out myself, but I was just like, Hey, like, do you like this? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. We've been following you for ages. So that's how that happened. The thing is like that label feels very aligned to me. So I don't really feel like it's going to happen. And people will be like, wow, you signed your life away. Like they're, they're cool yeah. and experimental mm-hmm. DIY. And I also imagine it's, it's got to feel good knowing that the label has been following you for a while. And you can think like, yeah, you know, I am connecting with the right crowd then. Yeah. So it feels nice. It wasn't like, I've definitely reached out to, you know, like I used to do the craziest shit in the early days. Like I'd just like message anyone and <laughs> just say like, Hey, um, connecting with people again, it's like that thing. If you want to go to the gig, if you want the show, like go to the gig that reflects the show that you like, um, pretty similar with labels and putting out music. And if there's nothing that feels right, I think it's cool to just put out music yourself. Yeah. You mentioned in there that you you just kind of would message people and try drop a line to them about, you know, anything. Do you think that there is a certain etiquette to how you approach that as a musician? Are there do's and do nots for sliding into people's DMs as a musician? Oh man, I mean, I wouldn't know, but <laughs> <laughs> like probably push every boundary of button I can, but I do now only reach out if like I really know something or I feel like really like I know it. I'm not just like, like before I'd say I used to cold call. Like I used to like not even know what the label was about or like every single release they've done. I just used to be like, Hey, like we could be friends. Like if you (laughs) like dating, it's like, it's so much better to go into like, just say a Tinder chat being like, yeah, I really like that song that you've got. Or like, yeah, I've been to that place that you have a photo of or whatever, rather yeah. than just being like, hey, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Like, the pickup line is an ill-fated thing in all worlds. Exactly, exactly. I think having knowledge of like what things you're into is really powerful. Yeah. And even if it's not right, I just know from friends who have done this, they'll be like, setting up relationships like two years down the line they might release something or Mm. even just friends and like have someone to hang out with in a city yeah and i think that's the great takeaway that personally i'm going to be taking from this discussion with you is that i guess 
you know, a lot of people, myself included to some extent, see music as like a binary state. You're either doing music as a career or you're doing music as a hobby. But, you know, uh-huh. being able to do music on on the side as your secondary thing, but still be serious about it is a very viable and sometimes sensible option as you've demonstrated. Yeah, I think it's super sensible. And it's like made me, it's like allowed me to make really good decisions. I think, I think I was, in a when you're actually like doing it for your career, maybe when you're not so solid in like exactly what you're doing, like some people are just like five years old and like know exactly, you know, yeah. and they, they all obviously will have their journey, but if you're then suddenly finding yourself like having to say yes to a lot of things that you actually like don't really want to do. Yeah. Definitely having another like source of income it kind of makes you more serious about it because it allows, it affords you integrity. And I kind of think at the end of the day, like what could be richer than that? And just knowing that you've made all your decisions and you've dedicated time to it. And by dedicating time, I mean like dedicating time to an office, just say, to make money. And then I guess it also boils down to, you know, kind of based on what your other source of income is, you are going to have to make your own choices about, you know, where do I allocate the time? How, you know, how closely dedicated I am to music. And that's a very personal thing. But the fact that that option is there could be really groundbreaking for someone who's thinking to themselves, oh, you know, do I drop this job and go hard into music? You know, maybe just keep it on the side. Maybe that is an actual choice you could make. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm all about like just dipping your toes in the water or like the throwing the stuff on the wall, see what sticks. Like um, just keep doing everything you're doing. You don't need to pivot on like sell stuff to like make music you can just like do it and just put something small out see how that feels and just keep and then like just keep going on with that and you'll start to see what feels good and what doesn't so like without sacrificing too much of um of what you're doing yeah and i think that's a fantastic place to wrap it up that you can still have that integrity you still have these options you still have these other choices that you can make in the new face of the music industry by making more choices that wouldn't have previously been available to you. So Princey, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Gig Ready today. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. You too. Thank you. If you want to hear more from Princey or any of the people we feature, do check the podcast descriptions. You can find links to their things there, including Princey's new single, Slicing Shadows. Right now, though, we are going to throw over to Alex Roussos with our feature track next to you. Hi, I'm Alex Roussos. I'm a musician, singer, songwriter, and this is a song called Next to You. It's a song I wrote for my wife. Uh, And it's just about how I feel being with her. We've always talked about having a connection that perhaps goes beyond this life. And uh, that's what the song's about. I hope people enjoy it and connect with the romance. When I'm next to you How my heart can fly Thanks to you Here am I In another life Did I hold you in Next to Here I stand 
This is Alex Russos, and you just heard my song next to you. I recorded all the instruments on that recording myself, and you've been listening to my song on Get Gig Ready. Thank you so much to Alex Russos there for providing us with Next to You as our feature track this week. And thank you so much to Princey for joining us on this episode as well. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER with support from Macquarie University. My name is Felix Shannon. I will see you on the next episode of Get Gig Ready. Do consider dropping us a review if you're enjoying the show. Otherwise, I'll see you then.